your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to episode 279 of Locked On Canadians. We've got all kinds of training camp goodness today. My name is Laura Saba. I am one of your hosts, also known as The Actistic, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matla, who is an expert on Canadians' prospects, but also on how people should leave Cole Caulfield alone. Scott, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderfully. Training camp is officially underway as of the recording of this episode and I am excited for actual hockey things, not hypothetical hockey things to talk about now. And as you can tell, because we're dropping this on a Tuesday, we are back to our five-day-a-week schedule, and we are so excited about it. I think today what we'll do is we'll start with day one of trading camp, which was media day, and talk about the big questions and and the big, I guess, sort of what we think Mark Bergevin is telling us between the lines with his answers and things like that. And I want to start first by talking about uh, how Mark Bergevin in the press conference said that he thinks he's done making moves on this team. We know the Canadians are above the cap, but they're going to be using like sending players down and up as sort of their cap management strategy. Now, Scott, I have to ask you, when Mark Bergevin says he thinks he's done with with what with his moves, do you believe him? Oh, no, absolutely not. Mark Bergevin <laughs> is full of crap. In, in the most positive way possible, Mark Bergevin is full of crap. He said he wanted to improve the team, and I guess he did that, adding Froelich and adding uh, Corey Perry, which is still very, very strange. I don't think he's fully done. We just saw Travis Hamanick get a professional tryout with Vancouver. There's still names out there that I think Bergevin might be interested in, and that these players... uh it's either a sign or you're not playing, and I think Mark Bergevin might pick one more body off of the uh, free agent pile, so to speak. <laughs> I just want to like really quickly mention something that one of our listeners brought to our attention, and this is why I love our listeners. So Courtney tweeted us today and said, as someone who's both a Hawks fan and a Habs fan, I thought you might want to know that new Hab Michael Froelich assisted on the cup-winning goal against the Bruins. Do you remember the 17 seconds? Uh, I do. I was, I remember sitting at a bar watching that game with my friends. We were the only three people there. So I think that's like a positive. So thanks to Courtney for that. This is like, I keep telling you, I love our listeners. Also, I've not forgotten you guys sending us screenshots of us being your top listen of, of 2020. Uh, we will have more on that in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, so like Michael Froelich is a welcome addition for like, I guess, hockey reasons and emotional reasons. But also like, I just, I can't help feeling that Mark Bergevin is going to surprise us possibly even after we're done recording this episode. So then we have to do a re-record <laughs> all over again. Uh, and he's going to make a move because I think that he's kind of the kind of the kind of GM that likes to err on the side of extra cap space. And he has he's like well over the cap at this point. Like he, he needs to work really hard and there needs to be a lot of like uh, little things that the cap capologist needs to do in order to make sure. Because I think the way that it was explained is that if they send down in if they send down eligible players on off days, they get to keep that 
money as cap savings that over the course of the season is going to even out, right? Yeah, it's a very – I this is why I'm not a cap person and why I rely on people smarter than I to do the math. But like I said in the previous episode, John uh, Sedgwick, who does a lot of their cap stuff, is a master at this kind of thing. And there's options for them, whether it be sending down this player or this player to give it time to the taxi squad. The Canadians are going to get creative with this, and it's going to be an advantage for them and a lot of other teams this year. Can you make the most of this situation right now? And I have faith the Canadians are actually going to be the ones to do that, and they have the pieces that they can call so-and-so up and down, or even if they wave people to head to the AHL, there's a lot of flexibility and options, which it's makes a lot of sense when you consider who Mark Bergevin went out and signed for, you know, $750,000. Right. And and the thing is, like, I keep thinking that he's not done. As much as he says he is and he's happy with this team, I keep thinking that he's got one more thing up his sleeve and we're not going to know about it. It's going to blindside us. It's going to happen overnight. But I think whatever it is, we're going to like it. I think... I think the days where we're scratching our heads are kind of behind us at this point. I think he's he's done a really smart job, uh, like especially in this last offseason, knowing that, you know, if the Canadians don't start showing some kind of success soon, he's out of a job. Yeah, that's exactly it. This is Mark Bergevin. He, it's strange to think that he might be at his best, but he's also at his most vulnerable to being fired right now. It's such a bizarre thought process because it's a very positive thing, but also a very menacing thing overall. The Canadians are going to be interesting this year, and they're going to be a lot of fun. And Mark Bergevin, credit to him, is a big part of that. He brought this team to where it's at now, and there's a lot of people out there saying the Canadians should be deep playoff contenders this year. And I also want to say one more thing about about his uh, his press conference today. And he specifically said that the team now sends a message to the league and our players. We mean business and we can play any way we need. Now, I'm going to ignore the Leafs fans that mock this um, or belittle this quote. I think what he means by we can play any way we need is that they have so many diverse players that they have the flexibility to either be a tough grinding team on some nights and a skilled speedy team on other nights. And it really depends on what the opponent kind of demands from the Canadians. I think that like what, what he said, I feel is like, it's really encouraging because I see what he means. And I think that that, that makes them versatile and flexible. And that's something that you absolutely need in today's NHL. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about training camp. We've got a lot more in store, but first, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. College football is heading into bowl season. Well, it's well into bowl season now. And the NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. Betonline.ag. Sign up today for free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. And as we know, training camp is well underway, so we can start betting on the NHL really, really soon. And don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKED ON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. A 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. 
If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. So as we promised you guys last week on Friday, uh, if you haven't listened to our Friday episode, go back and do that. It was a very fun mailbag with lots of hockey questions. Actually, it was a Thursday episode. <laughs> My bad. But we did promise that today we were going, this week we were going to talk about um, notable omissions from the training camp roster, which came out on, I want to say Wednesday last week. And Scott, you had a couple of question marks as to who was left off the training camp roster. Yeah, I think the big ones that a lot of people were focusing on were uh, Jesse Yolanin and Josh Brook, both of whom were not in there. Uh, Yolanin is still in uh, Sweden, or not Sweden, Finland right now, and Brook, I believe, is on his way back from the DEL. Uh, he's going to likely then be an AHL piece across the board right now, and it, I'm, I'm mostly shocked at Yolanin, who I thought was going to be a, a a piece that could be pushing for a roster spot right now because let's be honest is he has all the talent there he has the goal scoring and then the Canadians went out and they landed you know they landed uh, or not landed but signed Corey Perry signed Michael for a leak and then shored that up there and I'm looking at the roster right here and I'm just kind of going down it's good to see players like Lucas Vedemo Laurent Dauphin uh, Blandizi, Lucini, Belzeal, uh, and the big surprise for me that isn't here is Kevin Lynch, who is on an AHL only deal, but was one of those veteran leaders last year for the, uh, for the Rocket in the AHL. So I am very surprised to see him on the roster, but not a Yolanin. And then on defense, it's Weber, Sherratt, Fleury, Petrie, Romanov, Edmondson, Gustav Olofsson, Victor Mete, Noah Juleson, Xavier Ouellette, Otto Leskinen, and Brett Kulak. There's no real surprises in there, and except for the notable absence of Brooke, but with the arrival of someone like Romanov, it makes a little bit more sense. And for anyone who might be freaking out, don't. It, it, it's not a big deal. Uh, I do think Yolanin will be someone that when he comes over, when the AHL season begins, or is when training camp is announced for the Rocket, we'll see him make his way across the pond here and suit up for the Rocket before too long. And for that, I'm very excited about. It's outside of that, there's not a whole lot of people that I'm surprised aren't on this list. Uh, it's players like Joel Teasdale are on there, which is good. He's recovering from a full injury, uh, full like knee injury. There's a lot of names on here with a lot to prove, not only at the NHL level, but at the AHL level possibly too. So we know competition's going to be fierce that these guys want to be on the taxi squad or on the main roster as much as they can because AHL hockey doesn't start for another month potentially. Right. And that's the thing is that like at this point it's pretty early and, and we, even though they they're aiming to start on February 5th, like there's still a bit of question mark on that front. And so I think at this point, like it's, it's really just a matter of whether or not they even have a chance to prove themselves and earn a spot or a call up or anything like that. Like, a lot of these players haven't been playing hockey for quite a long time and they all kind of need to get back into game shape. And I think that whatever experience that they have is going to be really valuable. But the thing that I, I think I, I realized that I was extremely excited about as you were talking was Romanov. Like he kind of really endeared himself to fans when we were getting little glimpses of him in the, in the bubble. And 
I think that, you know, we talked a lot about this and I think that they think that he's ready to play in the NHL. And again, there's that out clause where he can go back uh, if he doesn't actually make the NHL roster. But I, I have a hard time seeing like seeing that not happen, you know? And so like, I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited about that now. Like, like all day today, I was, I was going through the training camp videos and, you know, like the Tyler Toffoli saying hello to the fans and all of that. And it just hit me. And I was like, like, I am so excited about the little boy with the panda shirt. Yeah. Like our, our, <laughs> little our, boy. <laughs> I was going to say he's 20 something years old and he destroys men on the ice with body checks. He is the world's most dangerous grown toddler, quite frankly. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and sorry, go on. I was gonna say he's one of those those great mysteries going into camp. Like, what does he have? And it's going to be so exciting to see him finally part of this with the regular season now ten days away from the day of this recording. Alexander Romanov will be wearing number twenty seven and playing for the Montreal Canadiens. It's so exciting. And I think that, like, for me, he's one of those players that even though he had, he got the world's attention at the World Juniors and stuff like that, I still think that, like, as Canadians fans, we've been so excited for him to come over for a couple of seasons now. But the rest of the league probably doesn't really know what to expect from him. And and I think that in itself is is really exciting as well. And it all comes down to usage as well, right? But I think one of the things that I want to see in this training camp is not just how he fits in and, and like little sound bites and exciting clips of him and stuff like that, but just overall what the training camp strategy seems to be. Um, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you guys that you can save a lot of money on your auto parts by going to rockauto.com. Like whatever you need for your car. If you go to rockauto.com, you can find it and it will be delivered directly to your door. Not only that, you're going to get it for the same price that a professional mechanic would. Because this is something that we didn't know until they became one of our sponsors is that if you go to a big chain store and try to buy car parts or whatever you need for your car, even like a gas cap, like even like, you know, carpet, like anything that you need. I need to replace my wipers, for example. Every winter, I feel like I need to replace my, my, my windshield wipers. But anything, you can find it on there. And in a chain store, you're kind of limited to what they have in stock and, and the brands that they like to work with. And you also get charged the regular person price, not the professional mechanic price. But at rockauto.com, you get charged the same. You're going to find whatever you need. They have an easy-to-use catalog. You just find your car make, model, year, and then it drops down in front of you and then you get to select like the part that you need and also the price that you're going to pay from the available options. And after all of that, it's going to get de- delivered directly to your door. And if you want to save on your car price, what you're going to do is you're going to go to rockauto.com, find what you need, and you're not going to forget to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. This week on the Locked On NHL podcast, get ready for the start of the regular season with Sarah Vampato and the Locked On NHL season preview series. Previews of all 31 NHL teams, division by division, and who to pick up and drop in your fantasy leagues, courtesy of Locked On Fantasy Hockey's host, Scott Cullen. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. So, 
For us, I think we kind of answered uh, quite a few questions, or Mark Bergevin answered quite a few questions with his off-season moves. Uh, the Canadians clearly have an idea of what they need, and they clearly were really realistic. They knew they weren't going to get like a, a you know Taylor Hall or whoever. They decided to shore up their scoring by committee and things like that. So I want to ask Scott, like, let's talk first about the power play. Like <laughs> every year, every year we're hopeful that the Canadians are going to solve their issues on the power play. So over the next like two weeks of training camp, what do you want to see from this team as they practice? A power play that works. <laughs> <laughs> the I, bar I, is on the floor. I, the bar is literally ingrained into the ice that they could skate over it. It, it, the simple thing is just trying something new, moving Shea Weber, moving shooters in and out of the bumper spot and finding something that works for this team. They have options now that they don't have to rely on one or two players to do it. Like I'm going down their list of forwards right now and I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11 potential forwards who could play on their power play in one, two, three, four, five, you know, defensemen who might be out there. And we know that Weber and Petrie are going to get the majority of defensive minutes, but they have enough forwards that they can change up their, their power play look and find what works for them. They can try guys like Corey Perry, like, uh, Yol Armia and figure out where can they work best. Guys like Brendan Gallagher, Nick Suzuki, Kat Kadiemi, uh, Josh Anderson, where does he fit in best? All of these are pieces they can put in. Try new things, cause there's, if there's, you can't afford to have a bad power play in a short season and fall behind and lose games because of it, because you don't have enough time to recover like you did in previous years. Our next question is going to be like very, very naturally flowing from that. Is the penalty kill. I think what I would like to see from the Canadians is, as Andrew Berkshire once explained to us, that they're, they're, they're not great at blocking the slot passes in the crease. And that's what we want to see. That, and I'd like to see them be a little bit more aggressive at meeting, uh, opposing forwards or people carrying the puck at the blue line. You have guys who like to hit. Uh, Weber, Sherratt, Petrie, Alexander Romanov, Joel Edmondson like to play the body, let them, don't let them surrender the blue line and retreat back. If you're meeting opposing puck carriers, you're going to force them to try and make a play at the line and beat you, or they're going to have to chip the puck in and you can possibly retrieve it that way. It's not a hard request, I think, to ask that, you know, just try and be a little bit more aggressive on the penalty kill at the blue line. And then, like you said, take away that slot pass because that's, it, you might be a good goalie, but eventually if they keep getting shots across the Royal Road and into the slot with goal scores in this league, you're not going to be able to keep up. You're going to surrender goals. I think another thing that I want to say real quick about the defense is that the thing that I found that worked for them very well during the, the two playoff series that they played uh, was that everybody played their role in the system to its maximum potential. And so what what we were seeing in those eight-game losing streaks, which as soon as the season starts, I swear I will stop talking about them. They will be a thing of the past as soon as the puck drops. I promise everybody. 
But what we were seeing is that the defense would be unraveling when one thing was out of place. It would sort of have a domino effect. And then all of a sudden, everybody on the ice would forget to play defense or forget how to play defense. They would never know where they needed to be. Whereas during the playoffs, it was so clear, especially with Ben Sherratt, you know, clearing the crease, just like vacuuming people out of there. Uh, or sweeping people out of there, or however you want to describe it, like everybody knew exactly where they needed to be at which moment. And I think that to me is something that I want to see a lot more of this season is that not just the buy-in to the system, but actually everybody living up to their potential. And I think that that is a coaching thing as much as the uh, power play is. And the, pe- the I, I feel like the penalty kill is a little bit more psychological. The power play is a little bit more strategic. As far as the system goes, playing the system goes, I think like that's a communication thing. I think the coaches re- really need to be clear about what they expect. They need to be clear about where everyone's supposed to be and what everyone is expected to be doing. And like in in the case, like let's say somebody is injured or somebody is in the penalty box or whatever, like the people who are sort of playing their roles on the ice are clear on what they're supposed to do because there was so much scrambling that I saw in in, in the previous season. And sort of not look, they weren't like skating around like headless chickens. It wasn't like that. It was just kind of like question marks. They were kind of looking at each other and, and like being behind the play. And I don't want to see any of that this season. I think that's a huge communication thing. I think a lot of it is that they have pieces and they should be confident going into the season. They were extremely good last year or in the, not last year in the playoffs and they need to continue rolling with that. I, they know what they need to do and it's been laid out. Fix these things and show that you're capable of playing like you did against Philadelphia. Philly was a very, very good team and the Canadians beat them over six games. They lost the series, but were the better team. They upset the Penguins who were a better team. I'm not saying you have to win every single game or that your penalty kill has to be a hundred percent or the power play has got to be at like 50%. Just improve them from where they were last year, and you're going to be laughing into there. The Canadian division is going to be a, you know, fire wagon hockey style of a division where every game is going to be basically a sprint start to finish, and the Canadians need to be prepared for that. They have so many pieces to make that work now, and they have the depth to make that work now. Figure out what you need to do for what situations. Who do you need on the penalty kill now? You have options. Who can go on the power play now? You have options. Who can you have on, you know, certain situations, offensive zone draws late in the game, or if you're defending a lead, you have options. Find them and use them. Trust your players to figure it out and to get it together. You're the coaches. Figure out what you need to do to get the best possible lineup out there every single night. I think the next question is kind of a little bit related to that in that we need to talk about the depth. Uh, the Canadians added a lot of depth, like a lot, a lot, you know, like you're talking about not just somebody like, like Anderson, for example, who's supposed to add to the scoring title totals, right. But a for league and a Corey Perry to kind of take some, some tougher minutes off of some of the other players, like you want, you want like interchangeability, you want versatility and stuff like that. And so I guess the, the next question is kind of injuries. Like I, as somebody who watches the AHL a lot more closely than I do, like there's going to be clusters of games that we're seeing and the season is a little bit compressed, kind of like the AHL ones, like where you, you have like, you know, four, three games in four nights uh, and things like that. And so 
I'm wondering like how you think uh, this is going to play out uh, over the course of the shortened season. I, I do think that injuries have to be a concern because a lot of these guys have not played a lot of hockey recently. And even the ones that did are now coming into this and it's an odd start time. A lot of them haven't been able to skate and do their off season training like usual. AHL depth is going to be important now too. Guys like Joel Teasdale, uh, Jake Evans, Ryan Paling, Lucas Vedemo, Blandizi, Lucini, uh, Jesse Yolanen when he does come over, Arsen Hisamutadinov, who's in the AHL right now, but isn't on the training camp roster. There's going to be a chance that any of these guys, it might be, well, you. And here they are, and now they're in the NHL for a game or two. Because if they're playing three games in a row, four games in a row against these teams, it's going to get physical. Guys are going to get banged up with short turnarounds. You're going to need players, and we're going to see a lot of guys like Alex Belzeal this year. And it's good that they finally found some success with Joel Bouchard this past year before the season was canceled to have that confidence going in. We saw Belzeal in the playoffs. We saw Vedemo, uh, Paling, Evans, all these guys score their first NHL goals. They're going to be NHL semi-regulars, if not regulars, at points this season because that's just the nature of the beast now. I'm hoping it's not due to serious injury, but just due to, well, we're going to rest this guy because he played the previous two games, or we're giving him a break in the middle game so he starts the last game kind of thing, like a lot of them would see in the AHL. They're used to this because they rode the buses. They played three games in three nights or two games and then turned around and played another day and a half later or whatever. They're ready for this, and it's going to be interesting to see how much of an impact Bouchard had on these AHL leaders from last year who are now going to be counted on to possibly fill in at the NHL level too. And I think we've got so many more training camp-related questions and season-related questions to to talk about in coming episodes, but the one that I want to end with today is this. Josh Anderson, biggest X factor or... Alexander Romanov, biggest X factor. Josh Anderson, and it's not particularly close. I love Alexander Romanov, and I'm excited for him. But if he doesn't work out, there's Kale Fleury, there's Noah Juleson, there is Xavier Ouellette, there is Joel Edmondson, there is Victor Mete. There are pieces who can cover for him. Josh Anderson was traded for Max Domi. That's a huge deal. He's got the spotlight on him. And if he rounds back into form, we're talking 20-25 goal over 82-game pace, Josh Anderson could be scary, good, and important for these Canadians here. They haven't had a big power forward who could score in a long time. And if Anderson's that guy, he brings a whole new dimension to that offense to create space and time for other players. And we could see a lot of really, really big growth out of the team with Anderson in the lineup and playing well. I think so, too. And we haven't even talked about Tyler Toffoli. There's so many things that we still have yet to talk about, like, you know, Nick Suzuki and his very Kotkaniemi, and if they can replicate and build on their success from last year. Uh, Jeff Petrie and whether or not he's going to take a step back or not, depending now that he's got his contract in hand. Can we still rely on him to be essentially the most important defender on this team? All of that. So we're going to keep talking about what comes out of training camp and stuff. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the World Junior Championship Championship Final and who won that. Uh, and all of this is coming up. We're back to five days a week. So don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss a single episode. We're going to be with you night in, night out 
or every morning after the games. And we're going to be talking about that. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of news. We have all kinds of guests planned for this season. We're really excited about the Habs. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. If you are on Twitter, on Facebook, you can follow Locked on NHL podcasts. And a lot of our content will be on there. And you can follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Matla. You can follow me at The Active Stick. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.